Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Radical Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and we were supposed to have Matt with us this evening. However, I believe he's tied up. My man went to three baseball games in two days. I'm not sure if he's asleep, but he'll get back to us soon. If not, my man Mike is holding it down for us. Mike, how are you doing this evening? I am great. Happy to be here, man. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me all right. I just changed microphone, so... All right. Um, but yeah, man, I'm happy to be here having a great weekend so far. I don't Matt Matt's weekend might have been better than mine. I don't know, man. I guess it depends on what you're into, but I am having a great time man. happy to be here. Definitely. Um, we appreciate you as always, guys. If you're tuning in on Twitter, head over to YouTube.com slash 49ers time so we can see and interact with your comments. We're not ignoring you. We just cannot see any comments from Twitter. So go to youtube.com slash 49ers and hey, while you're there, hit like, hit subscribe. It really does help. The YouTube algorithm's a tricky thing. Very scientific. I won't get into it right now. With all that said, we got some 49ers news to break down. Uh, speculation, as always. You know how we do it here at 49ers Hive. Mike, my first question for you as we start off the show. There's this whole speculation, all this drama on the offseason. We are tired of talking about it for sure. Debo Samuel wants a trade. Not responding to phone calls, not responding to texts. He's tweeting. He's liking jersey swaps. And then he shows up, and he's practicing. And maybe he's not practicing with the team, but he's working out on the side, you know, in gym shorts, whatever. But it sounds like Trey Lance has been in contact with him. It sounds like maybe even the other receivers have been. Does this maybe flip the script? And maybe the 49ers are like, oh, shit, he did come to play ball. We got to pay him. How do you feel about it? You know, I honest, even Trent Williams said that he's had some conversations with him during his presser. Uh, I think that it's it's more about uh, not wanting to get fined. You know, this was the mandatory stuff unless the team excused you. They did not excuse him, and so he had to show up, you know. Um, I, I know that the fines get really, really steep at a certain point, like, you know, I think $90,000 a day or something crazy like that, you know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's this time of the year right now or if it's, you know, the next – uh, after the break here, but um, either way, I think he, I, I felt like he was always going to show up. Uh, I think it's important to note that he's not injured and he didn't practice. Uh, so this is going to be one of those things where I'm here, but 
I'm still negotiating my contract. I really do. I really do think it's uh, negotiations time still. Um, and I've heard um, Mayoko wondering about it. I've heard a bunch of other beat writers. He has not, from my understanding, through what other people have said, he has not rescinded his request for a trade. So it's still on the table technically. Um, but John Lynch seems confident that they can get everything worked out. So we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it is a very tricky situation. Um, I'm not sure if it changes my perspective of this whole thing. Um, as a fan of football, I'm all for these players getting every cent they're worth. I know these organizations, you know, multi, I don't know if they're billion, I assume they're billion dollar organizations, not hundreds of millions for sure. They have a little extra cash there to pay a player like Debo Samuel, especially after the season he just came off of. But I also understand the hesitancy at maybe wanting to get a little more proof before they give that man that blank check that he wants. Um, so just to just to confirm, this did not change anything for you as far as how Debo Samuels handled this. You're still viewing it the same way. Yeah, not a single thing has changed. I know people were like really excited, like, oh, he's back, he's there. Like, let's go, it's over. It's it's not over. It's not over. He still doesn't have the contract that he wants. Um, he he still hasn't, you know, done anything with the team activities. He still, as far as I know, hasn't run any routes with Trey Lance this offseason. I, I say we're in the same exact spot that we were in. Okay. I like that. Um, I saw a quote from Albert Breer. This was a few days ago now. Um, but he was talking about how he's here. I have the quote here. Uh, the Niners have worked on the Debo Samuel relationship and have been very careful about anything they say on it. My sense is that drafting the drafting of LSU's Tyrion Davis price and the third round this year was an olive branch of sorts to Debo Samuel. Do you one agree that maybe this was some sort of olive branch and two think it's going to help at all? Will it help uh, the 49ers? Yes. Does it have anything to do with Debo? No. Uh, Debo was a person who played some running back in high school, um, and the Niners were really, really down on their depth chart. So, you know, they, they, they needed him to come in and play. He happened to do things really well when, when he got the ball in his hands, uh, and so it worked out for the Niners where he ended up becoming RB2 for the team. Um, I do not think that Tyrion Davis-Price was uh, drafted specifically to appease Debo. However, he was drafted to address a need. You know, uh, we, we don't have Mostert coming back. Hasty is a third down guy at best, and that's not something that we were all happy about. It was kind of obvious when he was out there that he was going to be the one catching a pass on third downs. You know what I mean? Um, I, don't, I don't think that this has anything to do with Debo at all. I think it's more about helping the running backs room. In, in turn, it will take some weight off of Debo, but we have to remember what Debo was saying at the Pro Bowl, what he was saying during the year. I want the ball in my hand any way possible. I don't think he wants less touches. More touches is more money. I really do believe that. So I don't, I don't think that he doesn't want to play the running back role and all that stuff anymore, what people are saying. Um, I just think that the Niners said, hey, we ran through all of our running backs. Let's go out there and get someone that we think can help and contribute sooner rather than later. Okay, I like that. Um, yeah, it is a very interesting situation in the sense that you're over here saying one thing as far as I want the ball, give me it at any means. I love being a wide back. This is my position. And then literally a couple weeks later, it's like, I don't want to play here anymore because you make me do that. 
We're not going to get into this. I know you guys are all tired of the Debo Samuel conversation, but I just needed to touch on that. Staying with the wide receiver position, though, Jawan Jennings. I've heard a lot of hype about Jawan Jennings this offseason. Is it justified? Do you think that this excitement around Jawan Jennings is justified? Justified. All right. So that means that you have to know what, what exactly is being said in order to call it justified. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is saying that uh, he gets open or he creates more space than other people earlier in the route. Uh, that's not opinion. That's going to be fact. Um, and I, I mean, it, unless I'm missing other things being said about him, uh, I don't think he's overhyped. I think Jawan Jennings is who exactly who we saw him to be. Um, you know, he double clutches some catches. You know, they hit the they hit his hands, bounce off, but they'll reel him in still. You know, he's got he's still got iffy hands at times, uh, but a physical guy, nice size to him. Um, a lot of people thought that he was brought in to be uh, the Jalen Hurd option. You know, the Hurd experiment didn't work the first year, so then the following year they went out and got him and things like that. So. I, I don't know how um, – I don't know that he's overhyped. I think he's right where we think he is. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's the new Kendrick Bourne. He's the new KB. Okay, I'm so glad you ended it with that because that was going to be my next question. I was listening to Haberman and Middlecoff the other day, and they said they feel that he could take this KB-type role, and not only that, but maybe in a year or two when he does come up for free agency again – perhaps get that sort of contract that KB got when he left the 49ers. Do you see that sort of ascension for him? Because that's pretty significant from where he was last year, even where he finished. And that was better than the year before that. Do you see that big leap happening this year for Jawan Jennings? I do. Um, I do. He, he's uh, his numbers weren't all that, but he, he, he was clutch. Uh, he was a guy, you know, he had uh, what, what two touchdowns in that one playoff game, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, he showed that he got the trust of at least Jimmy. We have to see that translate to the point. Trey. You know what I'm saying? We have to see that translate to Shanahan trusting him more. Uh, but like I said, Shanahan giving him that praise that he gets open early and all that. Uh, Shanahan doesn't give out compliments easily to wide receivers, especially that position. Um, it's the one that he is familiar with, being that he played that position. So uh, I... I think that um, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Uh, can he get that Kendrick Bourne type deal? I don't know. Kendrick Bourne. A lot of people don't want to admit this, but he was a Niners leading receiver for a couple of seasons. Um, I, that that doesn't. He was never a thousand yard guy or anything like that. But due to the injuries of so many receivers for the 49ers, Kendrick Bourne. When you go back and you look at the numbers, he was 49ers top option or you know top receiver for a couple of seasons. And I think that played a part in who was Kyle Shanahan's top guy. Oh, okay. It was this guy and he's a free agent. Let me go out there and get him and bring some of that here. Um, And then you also got to look at, I saw this PFF stat. I don't have it in front of me. So don't, you know, hold me to the letter of the T here, but uh, it said something along the lines of when targeted uh, who had the highest QB QBR. So when the, when the quarterback targets a receiver, who had the highest QBR, and Kendrick Bourne was in the top three of the entire NFL when targeted. Jawan Jennings isn't doing quite that for anybody right now, uh, but that's that's a lofty goal to to you know to set for himself. Doesn't mean that he can't do it, but you know he's got to he's got to he's got to do a little bit more work than what we saw last year. So, 
I, I appreciate your answer. And it's funny because I literally just came upon this tweet that I'm going to pull up here. Um, give me one second to change his background. Per PFF Fantasy, Jawan Jennings, 142.8 passer rating on slot targets this season, fourth best amongst all wide receivers. So it's not that, you know, number one, number two, obviously it's fourth best, but 142.8 passer rating in the slot. In the slot, though. Yeah. In the slot. Be, yeah. Still pretty good. It is. And no, that's, that's impressive. So I'm excited to see where it takes it. The, the comments from Kyle Shanahan that you were talking about, um, he said, quote, I'm extremely confident in Juwan. I think if anyone's watched our games at the end of last year, not many people covered him. He got open. He had aggressive hands. He got up the field and he blocked well. He also said uh, when talking about Jennings and Brandon Ayuk, this offseason, him and Brandon, the first day they got here, they've had a good They've had as good of an offseason as they had since they both got in the league, and they're as good as they've been right now, both of them. There's pretty strong praise from Kyle Shanahan. Like you said, they he, excuse me, doesn't give out these compliments, especially at the wide receiver position. What type of year? We've talked about this a couple of times. Hearing that, does that maybe give you a little more excitement regarding Brandon Ayuk heading into this year? It does, because uh, Brandon Ayuk is somebody that I sincerely thought was going to be wide receiver one last year i like was willing to bet on it um and it didn't it didn't turn out that way uh and then he turns it on the last seven or eight games of the season and just explodes on the scene he he became steady eddie um i'm I'm hoping that this is the year that i was hoping last year was for that young wide receiver you know i'm I'm looking at you know anywhere from 950 to 1100 receiving yards this year is what i'm looking for from brandon Ayuk. Okay, I like that. Um, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, last year I think he finished with what, like eight hundred or something like that. And he, I think he, we talked about this on your Patreon show. He got most of that in, in the last seven games or something like that of the season. Yeah. Right? Yep. So it is wild, man. But I, I agree. I think that Brandon Ayuk, he doesn't have this weird. I don't want to say beef, but this weird kind of, you know, issue with Kyle Shanahan going into the year, whatever the issue was last year where he might, maybe he was in the doghouse, maybe he wasn't. Clearly something wasn't right. It seems like that's clear this year. He's going in, Kyle said it himself. They're both as good as they've ever been. I'm excited, man. I mean, hey, they show up, they show up well. Maybe Debo Samuel's not as big of a need as he was last season. So Kyle off of- Kyle also emphasized the fact that this is really both of those guys' first full offseason. He said there was the COVID year two years ago, then last year was kind of in between and wasn't quite, you know, what it is this year. So uh, he said they they showed up in great shape, uh, ready to go out there and do what they needed to do. I mean, listen, I know who and what Debo is, right? And I know what he can bring to the table. I know that Debo is going to be a bad quarterback's best friend. But these guys are out there running routes downfield for Trey Lance. They are already building a rapport. And not for nothing, those things are going to come into play. Especially if the Niners, for some strange reason, decide not to extend Debo before. They don't even have the financial, uh, like the, 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 the pay politics. You know what I'm saying? They don't even have that obligation to him at that point because Brandon Ayuk will be making more because he was a first-round pick. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 very interesting, man. Debo's putting himself in a tough spot, and 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, man. I'm, I'm looking forward. No worst case scenario, we have a good wide receiver core. That's the absolute worst case scenario, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, I'm pulling up this tweet here from Rohan Chakravarty, and I believe he writes for the 49ers uh, Sports Illustrated site. And he tweeted out these stats for Juwan Jennings, or excuse me, Brandon Ayuk, from weeks eight to 18, 47 receptions, 68 targets, 730 yards, and four touchdowns. That over a 17-game stretch, 73 receptions, 105 targets, 1,128 yards, and six touchdowns. So it really is going to be an exciting year if these projections match up. And we got our guy. Let's go. Let's go, Mr. Baseball himself. So, three baseball games in two days. Lots oh. of beer. I fell asleep. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. That's what I'm talking about. Did That's you enjoy it? it? Hey, it was a good time. I'll tell you that. Thank you, Mariah. Yes, you're right. Web zone it is. It's not uh, all four winners SI. Um, well, we're glad to have you, Matt. We were just talking about Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings heading into next year. Um, do you think we're overrating Juwan Jennings and Matt, excuse me, when I asked Mike this, he, he did make a good point that I hadn't really specified what was being said about him, but people are calling him the next Kendrick Bourne. Um, maybe in a year or two, we'll get that Kendrick Bourne like contract when he went to page New England. Do you think that any of this is justified after the year he just had? Um, I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns at the end of the year, so he was, he was looking good. After his first season, I think – sorry, my voice is a little gone, but we're going to work through it. Um, I think after his first season, we were like, okay, what's going on? He didn't really play. Word out of of 49ers was that he had really slow feet, whatever, whatever. Year two, he looked like he cleaned it up. He looked like he picked it up, and he made an impact. And, you know, so so from that aspect, what you want to see from young players is that they improve – you don't have to be the next Kendrick Bourne. I think Juwan Jennings has a different skill set than Kendrick Bourne does. Um, but I, I don't – I think that he's, you know, a nice number three. I don't think he's ever going to be like a top-end wide receiver, right? Just like Kendrick Bourne. I mean, the Patriots needed him to be a guy for them, right? So they kind of overpaid, and that's why the 49ers didn't, you know, pick him up. I could see something like that happening with Juwan Jennings, but – as it is, he's he's like a nice depth piece. That that's where I sit with Juwan Jennings right now. Okay, I like that. I respect it. Um, moving on from the wide receiver position, shortly before we went live here, um, Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Bay Area reported that Trey Lance is staying in the Bay Area this week to help practice, maybe learn a little more. Um, I know that the 49ers ended mandatory minicamp one day short. I think they've done it before. Um, last year too, yeah. Yep. Last year, right. Okay. Mike, does this tell you anything about maybe Trey Lance's approach and how he's handling this year, what you can learn about him as a person? Just kind of from the outside looking in, if somebody just told you this, what do you make of it? Well, it, it's confirming what we heard about him following the draft. This kid's a workaholic. Uh, he is a person that who takes his job very seriously, his responsibilities. He's going to always put himself in the pe- best position. Uh, he's always going to be prepared. You know, um, it, it's interesting when I was reading these things about him. Um, and then it was uh, what podcast had his coach on from college? 
I believe it was the believe in 49ers, Eric Davis and and Rashawn Haylock. I think it I think it was that one. I don't want to discredit anybody. I'm sorry. Uh, but the guy was talking about how he prepares, right? Like uh, just he, he prepares like a madman, right? He's just he's constantly studying opposing teams and, uh, you know, getting into the playbook and working on the game plan with the coach and the coordinators and all that. And it was it was eerily similar to what Peyton Manning was saying during his Hall of Fame speech, where I'm not the most athletic, I don't have the biggest arm, but you were never going to out-prepare me. And hearing about the work that Lance put in prior to the season starting, right, when he's out there working with Beck and had all the wide receivers there with him, minus one, right? Um, and now you hear that it's your free time, and he's staying behind to continue to work with people. I think that's phenomenal. That's got to excite – well, it doesn't have to excite anybody else. It excites the hell out of me. I am very, very excited when I hear things like that from this kid because it's, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not comparing him to Jimmy, but it has been confirmed multiple times, specifically this season, that when it's the off time, Jimmy is gone. Like, it, it's not just this year. It's not just what's happening now with the shoulder surgery and all that stuff. It's Jimmy is gone in the offseason. That's when he's on his vacations. He's doing his thing. You hear about Lance getting work in before. You hear about Lance getting work in now going to be after it's it's a breath of fresh air it really really is for me okay i like that um i i agree with mike honestly um you know it's funny when you watch people that you know the national media what the thing they say about trey oh they're gonna have to run a modified version of shanahan's offense i heard that from albert breer this week and you know listen when you talk to the people that are in the know locally, the ones that are actually connected with the team, the ones that are actually there, this kid is dialed in in terms of the offense, what he can pick up mentally, the mental game, right? You're, you, all you're worried about is just getting him reps, and he's giving himself the most reps possible by hanging around, working with the wide receivers, you know, making himself available for you know anybody that wants to be available, going to these quarterback gurus and, and these camps and stuff, and he's putting in the work. Like Mike said, this is something that you love to hear about a kid is that he's a workaholic, that, you know, the, the cliche of, oh, first guy in, last guy out, right? Trey is proving that he is that guy, that he's going to show up every single day. He's going to put the work in, and he doesn't need to pat himself on the back, right? Like, this is not something that Trey is putting out there. Hey, look at me. Look at all this stuff that I'm doing. He's just doing it, and everybody else is – we notice. Look, we're, we're seeing it, right? He doesn't need to say it. Um, that's what you want to see out of your franchise quarterback. And I, I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, and, and it just goes to show that on a national level, I think people are going to be surprised by how good Trey Lance is this year. And like Mike said, when Jimmy time is Jimmy time. And I think that that's why every single season we're like, dude, why is Jimmy making the same throws, the same mistakes, doing the same shit over and over and it's because Jimmy time is Jimmy time. He's not he's not that guy that is first guy and last guy out. And you can tell it's very apparent. And so to see Trey do that and, you know, even to speak to Mike's point about Peyton Manning saying I wasn't the most physically gifted guy. Trey is pretty physically gifted. So, you know, the, the old adage is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. 
Trey Lance has talent and he's working hard. Yes, sir. So the sky is the limit for this kid. And I am, I can't even tell you how excited I am for the, the actual season to get going. It man, hearing how hard that Trey Lance works, it just puts a smile on my face to think about what what is to come for him. I saw um uh Louis Riddick, right? That's how they pronounce his first name, not Louis Lewis. Lewis. Is it Lewis? It's Lewis. Right? I think it's Lewis Riddick. Okay, Lewis Riddick saying I that I don't know St. Louis, St. Louis. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> Mr. Riddick from ESPN, one time candidate for the 49ers general manager position, um, talked about how he has Trey Lance as his dark horse for MVP this year, which look, I appreciate it, but let's maybe lower the expectations, not put so much pressure on the kid. Um, we do have a super chat here from our guy for nice throwback. It's good that Trey has talked to Steve Young and going to tight end university next week. Dude is working his tail off. I'm also excited for Hufanga. This, yeah. This was Steve something Young I saw Grant awesome. Cohn talk about that I actually thought was like legit. Where Steve Young is really dialed in with the 49ers, whereas Joe is like, you know, like the bitter old timer. Steve Young will call up Trey Lance and be like, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? Whatever, whatever. And it's good to see like Steve is like, rooting for this kid and i've said it on the show before there's definite parallels between joe montana and steve young and jimmy garoppolo and trey lance and i think that that's part of why joe is a little more reticent to you know give trey lance his flowers and give him his due and 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 really be behind him because it reminds him and you can tell when we you know when i watched the joe montana documentary dude is still bitter about being replaced like when he said that he coming off of uh, of two seasons of injury was better than steve young in 92 where steve young won the mvp in 92 like you can tell there's a lot of bitterness there's kind of a little delusion he's a little salty and i love joe montana although i will say really i from i grew up during joe montana's era in terms of like i was a kid during joe montana's era but from what I remember as far as being an adolescent and, and really coming up with the 49ers, Steve Young's always been my dude. I think that Steve Young was like a revolution at the quarterback at that time. And so, like, to me, it's it, it's great to see that Steve Young, like, Joe Montana's like, oh, yeah, I'm about the 49ers. Like, I'm a 49ers legend, this and this and that. But Steve Young is like, Dude, how'd the 49ers do? Okay, let's see how their competition did this week. Okay, like Steve is about it in a way that you can tell that Joe isn't. Steve has that almost that Tom Brady, Michael Jordan level competitiveness. He's retired and he's still like, dude, y'all need to go out there and beat their asses. Cause like, you know, like I feel like Steve on certain days is like, I could probably still sling it. Like I could probably still do this. And that's the type of guy that I want getting in Trey Lance's ear, a guy that's going to be supportive, but also is going to keep it real. And so for me, Steve Young talking to Trey Lance is awesome. And just one more thing to that, like this whole Steve Young, Joe Montana thing, right? Uh, If you guys remember, and even if you don't remember, you can go back and find it. Steve, Steve Young and Joe Montana have always had the same stance, like the Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith thing. They were asking both of them at that time what you would do and all that stuff. And Joe Montana was adamant. I would stick with Alex Smith, right? It's it's kind of funny that if one guy is more athletic than the other guy, that's the guy that Joe Montana rocks with, no matter what, right? 
And then Steve Young is like, well, look at what Colin Kaepernick can do. He can do this. He can do that. And if he can improve in these facets, he'll be better than what Alex Smith was. And da 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 da. Like they they just call it how they see it. Now Cap didn't improve in the pocket and so on and so forth. So it didn't come to fruition. But I mean, Steve Young is putting declarations and his stamp on Trey Young in a way that he never did. For I I can't remember the last 49ers quarterback that he was so excited about coming out and saying, I have 100% confidence in this kid as far as him being prepared to take the reins. Now, if he physically doesn't hold up, that's different. But mentally is what Steve Young is stamping, not the physical part of it. It's everything that we've been talking about as far as the preparation and things like that. Steve Young is saying, yes, he is the guy right now. He's ready. And that's that's got to be exciting. It, it does. And you, you were saying that you you would temper the expectations. My thing is, why? Why can't we say we have the next Patrick Mahomes? It's so, it's so frowned upon, right? Like, we're, we're Kansas City Chiefs fans saying we have the next Russell Wilson. Um, when Patrick Mahomes got his start, they were like, oh, we should temper our expectations, right? We should we should pump the brakes a little bit. Turns out, I, if you ask 10 people who they prefer, Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, you're probably going to get nine of them to say Patrick Mahomes, right? We, I, I don't, I don't know that we have to temper those expectations. Trey Lance was, in my opinion, during the scouting process before the draft, the highest ceiling, lowest floor. If you put him in the wrong system or you rush him to get on the field, you're going to get the bottom of it. If you get him somewhere where there's a good system, and give him time to learn, the the benefits and the and the rewards are going to be through the roof. Well, guess what we did. We drafted him, and we let his ass sit until we absolutely had to play him, and then we put him right back on the bench. The Niners are maximizing the opportunity for Trey Lance right now. I mean, it was annoying during during it all happening, right? We were all frustrated with Jimmy watching how things played out. But when you step back, when you, when you get away from what was happening in the moment and you think about the big picture, the Niners handled this the right way, man, and they should be applauded for it. And we got to the freaking NFC Championship game. You can't even call that season a fail, and that's with Jimmy. You can't call it a fail. So I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm ready. Give him, give him the MVP right now. Fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, okay. I'm Real with quick. you. And, and I want to address this. Hold up. Okay, I go ahead. Go ahead. Huxley. Don't come at me. Don't come at me with your Padre stuff. Okay. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. The Padres are half game back of the Dodgers, who, thank you, Giants, for sweeping the Dodgers. It's fun. We, we all know. Screw the Dodgers. We don't like them. But listen, this is this is not 2021, okay? Jace Tingler is not behind the bench. We got Bob Melvin, who is a three-time manager of the year. And this is all without Toddy, okay? Fernando comes back. Bro. We're competing for the division. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, um, in terms of what Mike said, I absolutely agree with him. Like, why put limits on this kid? Limits are for people who are scared to believe. Boom. Okay. Oh, that wow. Put that on a shirt. That tattooed on me. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. I like that. I am not going to put limits on this kid. Okay. You can see it. You can see there's something different. And I'm not going to, you know, I don't want those – Colin Cowherd types to be out there like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm not hearing enough. And then when you hear something, you're like, I don't know. I think you're trying to sell them to me too much. No, stop. Stop. I've seen the practice videos. I've seen the way that he throws the ball. If the worst thing that you're going to tell me is this kid has a little bit of wobble to his ball, I don't give a shit, to be honest. It doesn't matter. Right? Like, you got his defensive coordinator. You got D'Amico Ryan's coming out and going like, man, Trey Lance makes it really tough on the defense and OTAs. That's what you want to hear. 
you know, when you got people who are watching the practices going like, dang, man, I don't think I've ever seen in practice red zone looking this good. Where where Trey Lance is just down there dicing the defense in the red zone, where space is limited, you have to make decisions quickly. That tells me Trey Lance is processing things very quickly, making moves. Right? What's the thing that we always heard about Jimmy? I I can remember specifically five interceptions in practice in a row. In a row. <laughs> in a row. In a row. In a row. Okay. And uh, Melissa, I, I do think that Cowherd is bitter that Lance stumped his daughter. <laughs> I don't even funny. know that they were dating, right? But, I mean, that's what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, so the only reason I said temper expectations is because we live in a social media world where he can see this. If he was completely sheltered and maybe sequestered or whatever – yeah, but according to Trey Lance, he's like, it's not my job to give a shit what y'all think. Which with I hope, re- with all due yeah. respect, I hope is actually said, true. With all due respect, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I hope is true because if that's if that's the mindset he has, he's going to be very successful. I hope this stuff does not get to him in any way. Jimmy Garoppolo, say whatever the hell you want about him. It does seem like he did a really good job blocking out all of this outside noise bullshit. From the outside looking in, of course, I have no inside perspective. What we're talking about, Steve Young, Trey Lance, I will have the video here from um, my guy John Chapman shared it, and I want to talk show what uh, Trey said about it. So I'm going to play it now. We got to talk a decent amount, yeah. And, I mean, obviously a guy like that uh, means the world anytime he says anything about me. Um, so I've obviously, you know, nothing but respect for, for a guy like that, everything that he's done and him having, you know, been in this building and played for this organization. Um, for me, man, I'm going to take everything, everything I possibly can, uh, from a guy like that. I mean, anything he has to say, anything he has to offer me, I mean, I'm welcoming that with, with open arms. Yeah. So, I mean, it really does just, like you said, you who's the last, you want a sponge. He seems like a sponge. Yeah. The last quarterback that Steve Young tried to influence, train, give advice to, I honestly can't remember that at all if anyone so it is really exciting um matt i have some quotes here from one of these pressers where trey lance was talking about possibly working on his throwing or anything like that and i want to get your thoughts on it um he was asked which quarterback coaches did he work out with during the offseason and what were the little things that he worked on and he said i worked with the 3d qb guys taylor kelly adam dido john beck quincy avery and sean mcavoy down in atlanta so i kind of split between those two spent most of my time in socal's past off season but man just cleaning stuff up using my lower half it's kind of real similar but i know everyone talks about the throwing motion and your slow-mo videos and all that this was grant that asked the question um but it wasn't as much as you guys think uh i know everyone has their opinion on it but for me it's about getting the ball out accuracy like I said, it's a lot different working down there or working away from the building because you're working primarily as a thrower, not necessarily as a quarterback. So there's little things you change when you get back here from a timing standpoint, from an eye standpoint, little things like that, but no major changes for me. His throw, throwing motion, I should say, has been analyzed very, very heavily this offseason. What is that quote? What do you get from that? I get a, I get a couple things from that quote. First of all, for as much as people are going to hate on Grant, and I know he went through that whole controversy with Javon Kinlaw and all them and all that stuff, right? He asked questions that people actually want to know the answer to. It's not these like cookie cutter media questions or whatever. Asking Trey Lance about this was something that 
you know, that that's left up to Grant, and I appreciate him for that. Um, two things that I really gather out of this. When Trey Lance says that, you know, there's a difference between throwing the ball and being a quarterback, to have that presence of mind and that self-awareness to know, listen, this is about me throwing the ball. This is not about quarterbacking. I'm going to clean up stuff, right? I'm going to try to improve the things that that I need to improve on. But when I get back here, timing is going to be different. The routes are going to be different. We have to adjust for pass rush. What is the play asking me to do? Practice in this type of setting, individual skill work. That's like perfect world scenario, right? It's something like at my job in the medical industry where we're just like, if somebody asks you a question on like a test or like, you know, we're doing education or whatever, if they ask you something and they don't specify, just assume that you have the equipment, that you have the staff, that you have the support. That's what that type of individual drill work is as opposed to quarterbacking where you come back. And I don't think that Kyle Shanahan gives a shit what your mechanics look like. Do you run his play the right way? Do you go the ball with the ball where Kyle thinks you should go with the ball? That's the more important thing. Number two, one of my biggest criticisms of Jimmy Garoppolo was that that dude never stepped into a throw in his life, never stepped into a throw. And the fact that Trey Lance said, I really concentrated on my lower half, getting my body, you know, lower body into a throw. That's something that I think is very important to note in that he's looking at himself in a way where he's wanting to work on the things that, you know, are often criticized um, with, with him. It's, it's ball placement. That That's a thing that we all talk about, right? Stepping into a throw is something. And, and you got to remember in high school, I don't even think Trey Lance was a quarterback until his last year of high school. You know, he, I think he was, I think he was a DB or he was on the defensive side of the ball or something like that. But you're talking about a guy that you're refining his mechanics and those subtle improvements start to creep in. And that's what you want to see. And for him to be self-aware enough to know, these are things that I definitely need to work on. Um, particularly the lower half stuff is are things that make me excited. And it's things that Jimmy Garoppolo always frustrated me with, particularly on deep balls when Jimmy would just be flat footed and would try to just arm throw things. And he's throwing those wobbling dying ducks up there that aren't accurate, that aren't getting to where they need to be. And it's like, man, if you just stepped into a throw, which is really frustrating because if you watch Jimmy Garoppolo at Eastern Illinois, he used to step into his deep throws and his deep throws looked a lot better in college than he did in the NFL. Um, I don't know who coached Jimmy Garoppolo or if Jimmy just decided that he didn't need to do it. But the fact that Trey Lance is, is open to these kinds of critiques and open to this level of scrutiny um, and even laughed when Grant asked him about it. I know y'all are really interested in my throwing motion. It might not be as much as you guys think that even that is downplaying what he's doing because it might not be as much as we think or as important as we put it on in terms of like importance, but every little bit counts and, and Trey is doing every little bit. And that's what I take out of this the most. I got to play it. I, I got to play it. So Perfect, perfect rant. 
I appreciate that answer because I agree. Um, and yeah, real quick to touch on the whole Grant Cone. Everybody has their own opinion of him. That's fine. I agree on some things, I disagree on others. I think he's good at what he does, um, what he's trying to do. But he does ask these questions that other reporters won't because they're afraid of getting maybe certain level of access cut off or getting viewed differently by the team, by the people that are in charge of who gets to ask, you know, uh, who gets access to these players. So I appreciate that because other reporters that are sitting in these in these press conferences don't ask these questions. And the fans are sitting there like begging somebody to ask. And Grant does. So shout out to Grant for that. Another, uh, another thing that uh, Grant has proven to hopefully the other beat writers in the room or the other people covering the team with these credentials is that it takes a lot to get them removed. So ask the fucking questions, guys. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. You 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 damn near got assaulted by somebody and then got cursed out, you know what I'm saying, on your own show, and you still have access? It, I mean, look, I, I work for the state of New Jersey, and I know how hard it is to get fired from there. We had a lady... Never mind. I'm not. It's hard. Yeah. To- yeah. Hey, hey, that was like my that was like my woman comparison. Don't do it, bro. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. But you know what I'm saying. It's like when you date a girl, and I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna say right. But the my my point though is is hopefully they have a little bit more moxie now. Hopefully they have a little bit more confidence to ask some of those questions because one, you know, for all the negative that people have to say about Grant, Grant constantly gets the praise for asking the question. Now these guys will have to be afraid. I heard, I heard um, during the, the pressers throughout the week, uh, it was, I believe it was Tracy that asked it first to someone, oh, did you hear about the woman who's drawing Jimmy Garoppolo every day until he gets traded? And then when the next presser started, um, a guy asked that same question to the next player. And it's like, really? That's what you guys are going to do? That's the question you guys are going to piggyback off of over and over? And it's cool. I don't mind them asking that question. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, it's so super friendly and, and irrelevant that it was like you know like do it do like it Traveris Ward right. said they asked stupid questions yeah 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 oh come on no, and, that's, listen. and that's listen and that's true I think I think Mike has it right when it's just like ask the question why are you afraid to lose your access you're not going to right walk in there and ask a tough question you don't have to be seen you're not going to be seen asking a tough question that fans want to know as like anti 49ers. And I think that that's half of what this is. I don't want to be seen as against the team or whatever, but instead of asking, Hey, have you seen the person that's drawing Jimmy Garoppolo every day or whatever? Why don't you ask, you know, John or Kyle or something like, Hey, are you excusing Jimmy Garoppolo from practice? Because you know, it's going to be a distraction and big shadow hanging over Trey or like something real, right? Like not this, because to me, the question, have you seen the girl who's drawing Jimmy Garoppolo? That to me is a soft way to ask, like, what's Jimmy still doing here? Yeah. Yep. Just ask, what is Jimmy still doing here? What are you guys doing with him? Yep. You know, yeah. and, and let them answer. And you'd be surprised how quickly the coach speak and the, the nebulous answers would change to specifics if you treated them like they were real people and you treated yourself like you were a real fucking journalist and not just a beat reporter who was up the team's ass. Yeah, right. All due respect to those guys, also, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but some of those questions are real softballs, and it gets real old. It, it, just to add on to your question, there, you know, was he Jimmy excused because you don't want that pressure onto Trey? Then what happens come August or September? And if you haven't traded or cut him, and he's still here, 
what does that mean for the season? I mean, clearly this means that he cannot, they can't coexist if Jimmy is not the starter. And credit, by the way, credit to John Middlecoff, who I think Mayoko asked, like, what are you going to do when Jimmy's healthy or whatever? And Shanahan said some nebulous answer. And Middlecoff followed up with, are you going to, like, are you going to excuse him like you did right now if he's healthy? Like, are you just going to keep him away from the facility? Because that's a real question to me, right? Like, are you going to let him practice if he's healthy enough or are you just going to try to move him? And so shout out to those guys. But in a lot of ways, you have to ask the real questions because that we really want to know. And, and I think most of us have realized Jimmy's going to get cut, guys. I don't know if you well, know this. They're going to cut his ass. I, well, that, that that's the interesting part. Uh, we talked about this on, was it Patreon? I'm not sure, but uh, I thought it was Chris Biederman. Maybe it was Middlecoff. So I, I apologize for not getting the right name. Uh, but someone asked him straight up, if Jimmy is still on the roster during training camp, do you expect him to report and participate? And Kyle said, yes. If he's still here, he is going to participate. He didn't beat around the book. That's what happens when you ask a direct question, right? Part of reporting, they tell you don't ask yes or no answers. Like that, that can be one-word answers. They tell you to ask open-ended questions to get the people to speak, right? And so even though that wasn't an open-ended question, it was a very – Kyle couldn't dance his way out of that. If he's still here and you guys haven't found a trade partner for him – do you expect him to report and participate? And Kyle said, yes, it was, it was very simple. Yeah. And, and we do it that at the hospital too, when we're trying to fish for information, right? Like, um, you know, it, you want to ask open-ended questions, but you want to ask those for questions that you want insight, right? That you want mm-hmm. elaboration, that you want a narrative to come out in terms of tell me a story, right? I'm interviewing you. Tell me a story. But when you want direct information, like when I go to a patient, you know, let's just say it's somebody who's withdrawing from alcohol. I'm not going to be like, hey, so, you know, sometimes drinking, man, that's like really tough. I mean, what do you think about that? I go, when was your last drink? Are you drunk right now? Do you use any other substances? Yes or no? Because I need to know those answers. I don't care about the story. I care about what I can do to help you or to get the information that I need. And in this instance saying, if Jimmy is healthy, do you expect him to be here is, is pertinent information. That's not a narrative driven. Tell me a story type question. That is, I want to know if you guys are getting Jimmy the fuck out of here, or if you're going to have him report and Kyle will dance with those open-ended questions. He'll give you nothing burgers. He'll give you non-answers, but he very rarely dodges a direct yes or no question. And that's important to know for the local media. Let me ask this question to you guys really quick. Sorry, Zach. But no, no, no. I, Feel free. I have, to, I have to know what you guys think. So uh, Matt seems adamant that they're going to cut Jimmy. I have not once heard John Lynch or Kyle waver from the point that Jimmy is too good to cut. Uh, so I have to ask you guys this question. He passes a physical. Training camp approaches. Do you really think that they would flat out cut him as opposed to other options, restructuring his contract, keeping him as a backup, whatever it is, do you think that they will actually flat out cut him? Because let's be honest here, they have Debo for another year. 
after this season, they have the franchise tag, right? Nick Bosa, they already exercised that fifth-year option. There are no big contracts coming up right now that they have to settle right now going into this current season. So what's the pressure to cut him? They've made it abundantly clear this is Trey's team. Kyle said the reason we're trying to move Jimmy is because we're confident that Trey is ready to take over now. So it's not about whose team is it, when Jimmy is healthy, is it going to be? No, none of that is the issue right now. The issue is Jimmy is here. What are you going to do with him? And I have not heard John or Kyle even suggest that they're going to cut him. Well, I can go first. I think, yes, I think they will. And I, I if, if push comes to shove, because I honestly cannot see them going to going through this season, one, paying Jimmy Garoppolo that much money, and two, just the locker room dynam- dynamics. As soon as Trey struggles, are there veterans in the locker room that have succeeded with Jimmy Garoppolo that are going to be looking back at his locker room, or his locker, I should say, and be say, hey, that guy, shit, that guy, maybe we, he you know, has a couple of flaws, sure, but we won with him. If the 49ers lose two to three games in a row, you know, do these questions start to get brought up by some of the older players in the locker room, which I don't think they would, because I think that this team has a lot of good leaders, but still the risk of it, I think is 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 enough to where the 49ers, John and Kyle should say, you know what, we're not gonna put our young quarterback through this. We're gonna eat our losses. Matt, I'm going to steal your phrase. You don't need to win this trade twice. So I would say, yes, push comes to shove. Can't find a trade offer. Cut him. Yep. It, I, I agree. Um, and it'll be a last resort thing. I think what they're trying to avoid is cutting Jimmy Garoppolo for Seattle to scoop him up. It, that's why would, really. Why would you want to avoid that? I would I, I would send because his they think together. he's good. Yeah. They think he's good. It doesn't matter if we think he's good or not. Kyle and John think that he's good. And I'll tell you this right <laughs> now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you even time me out, hold on. He's better than Geno Smith and Drew Locke. So that's what that's what Seattle's going with. So you don't want to give away. Hold up, hold up. Let me finish. Wait, Seattle didn't draft a quarterback. No, no. Oh, I thought they did. Okay, okay. Go ahead. No, no. I think they want to try to trade him. I think they still want to try to get value for him. Okay. They don't want to just cut him for somebody else to take him. And you have to think about this from multiple points of view. We saw how ruffled Aaron Rodgers was when they drafted a quarterback. We saw how twice when the 49ers won the Super Bowl in 94 with Steve Young, how he was like, get this monkey off my back. It doesn't matter. And they got Joe Young or uh, Joe Montana out of town. That was a good monkey reference. Yeah. They got Joe Montana out of town. All right. The Joe Montana monkey was out of town. He was in another zoo. Okay. Um, But it was still something that was on his mind. You cannot have Jimmy Garoppolo in that locker room. You because actions speak louder than words. You can tell Trey it's his team all he wants. And Trey can sit up at the podium and be like, I don't care what anybody thinks. But if he's struggling, and he hears the fans. Okay. And he, there's stuff in the locker room and this and this and that. And Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting right over there. You, He's going to look. And here's the other perspective that we don't look at. 
Jimmy Garoppolo does not want to be here anymore. Jimmy Garoppolo does not want to be replaced. Jimmy Garoppolo wants to go. And I think when push comes to shove, if the 49ers can't do anything with Jimmy Garoppolo, they will do right by Jimmy Garoppolo and say, go where you want to go. And I think they'll do it as a last resort. I'm not saying that him potentially landing in Seattle would prohibit them from ever cutting him. I don't think they think he's that good. I'm saying that if they had their druthers, that they would get something for him before they tried to do that. And if they can't, they're going to let him walk because they're not keeping a 27 million backup. And you know that by the fact that they drafted Brock Purdy, who's like going to be a, a practice squad guy for sure. But they gave Nate Sudfeld a fully guaranteed contract. And that tells me that they're keeping him as the backup. Two, two things, two things. One, Trey Lance is not the guy looking over his shoulder. Regardless of how good Jimmy Garoppolo is or they think he is, they still drafted Trey to be the replacement. Think about that. Trey Lance will never have to look over his shoulder. I know people say that because they're worried about what the locker room dynamic could be or even the fan base, right? Because there's a lot of there's still a lot of Jimmy supporters out there. And I understand that, right? But when Trey and Jimmy walk into a room, Trey Lance has all the confidence in the world. Even in this past season where it was clear you weren't going to be the starter unless we had to play you, right? The reason is because they traded up to get me to replace you. There's no reason for me to look over my shoulder. Even if I have a bad game, you know what's going to be chalked up to? Experience. This will be my third start in the NFL. They don't expect me to come out here and throw 450 and six touchdowns and my third start in the NFL. That's not expected. So he can go out there and mess up, and he still has that confidence and the wherewithal to know, hey, they brought me in here to replace you. That's the, that's the Trey Lance and Jimmy, you know, looking over his shoulder thing. And then the second thing is, I would want, <laughs> I would want Jimmy in Seattle if I'm the 49ers because, yes, he might know the, the secrets. I saw that, that message up there earlier. He might know the secrets and all that stuff, right? But the Niners know exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo's weaknesses are. They might not know the ins and outs and the flaws of a Drew Locke or a Geno Smith as well as they know the flaws and, and the, the things that make Jimmy uncomfortable. You get what I'm saying? Like the, the dynamic of it. Yes, Jimmy knows our defense, but this is the same defense that we talked about just 15 minutes ago where he threw five consecutive interceptions. Yeah, I'm not worried about that part of it. My thing is like, when, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo does enough that the, the team can carry him to victories. Geno Smith and Drew Locke are fuck-ups, man. They're going to fuck it up. Like, I will sit here and take two dubs over those teams, and I know that if they start Geno Smith, it's two dubs for the 49ers. I know that if they start two Drew Locke, it's two dubs for the 49ers, right? If they start Jimmy... Maybe we go one and one because maybe he does make a play. He does do that from a kid, you know, from time to time. As far as like the expectation, yeah, we know that Trey Lance is the guy. I'm sure Trey Lance thinks that he knows that he's the guy. You know, that's right. Like the expectation is what we're talking about, right? But I also didn't expect Debo Samuel to have the season of his career get the ball more than anybody and then demand a trade because apparently they give him the ball too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I and, and push comes to shove. I think in the playoffs, Debo Samuel going to be spinning that football on the sidelines going like, well, shit. All right, fuck it. Give me the ball. Right? Because that's who he is. I There are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, and we think that we know players, and we think that we know mentalities and expectations are what they are. But I can tell you 
life rarely works out how you exactly how you expect it. And Trey Lance can be a very tough individual mentally and very tough individual physically, but we don't know a hundred percent how he's going to react to, you know, pressure. If it comes out that like, you know, the fans start getting impatient or whatever. I've seen it with, with a bunch of quarterbacks, right. Where you're just like, man, it, it's, it's why the crap, the draft is such a crap shoot because you're like, Oh man, this kid is good. This kid is this, this kid is that hard worker. We get the stories from everybody. You know, we get the stories about Trey Lance and we love to hear the stories, but at the end of the day, do we know 100%? Are we a hundred percent convinced that that's exactly what it's going to be? All I'm saying is why keep that contingency plan in the room to me? If, if it was me and it was like, Yo, I was brought in to replace this dude at my job, but they kept the dude that I replaced just in case. Right? Because like they're like, oh well, Jimmy's like Jimmy could be a great backup. Wait, 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 wait. No, that's not that's not why no, this is that poverty mentality that people have. This is that poverty mentality where they go, Oh, well, we need Jimmy because what if Trey gets hurt? Why are you talking about football player? Like, why are you talking about Trey getting hurt? Like, who gives a shit? If he but gets we, hurt, we're gonna lose anyway. So, like, but if this contingency here, plan, this it, it's coward thinking. Get rid of him. You don't need him here. If Jimmy is here, we all the three of us for, forget everybody right, else. Let me ask you a question: point. What is the upside to keeping Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, the upside. There's none. Is, no, 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 that, no, 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 no. That's not true. The upside is you got a guy that can come in here and win you a game or two. And Why do you need him to? Trey's going to play all the games. It, ideally, yes. But the upside okay, is but you can't say that Trey Lance is going to have this mentality of being mentally strong and he doesn't care about Jimmy Garoppolo being in the room. And you say that with 100 percent certainty and then turn around and go, well, if Trey gets hurt, at least we got Jimmy. I tell you that's, what, that's, that's trying to have your cake and eat it, too. You can't do that shit. All right. Now, watch this. Watch this. Mitch Trubisky sat out an entire year and got signed before Jimmy Garoppolo did to another. And he's not going to play. Kenny Pickett is going to beat him out in camp and play. possible because you you remember how terrible Mitch Trubisky was. But one year of sitting on the bench changed the mentality of some teams to say, hey, we'll take him over the rest of the field, right or wrong. Yeah, but 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 was it the Chicago Bears that felt that way or was it two other teams that got hoodwinked? It was because Jimmy was sitting in the same locker room that that he's been in he needs to go to a new fucking locker room wait but that's what that's what i'm saying right so you're asking what the benefits of keeping jimmy there's there's two of them one huh okay one there's there's two benefits to keeping jimmy one if god forbid something happens to trey you have a capable backup that can win you multiple games period nobody's going to debate that right it's not going to be the way we want it to be it's not the guy we want to see but that is the truth the second thing is recency bias goes out the window. Right now, the last play in every 49ers fan's mind is Jimmy Garoppolo doing some backwards dunk on a basketball court that wasn't really there, right? You sit his ass for a year, and all that's going to be left are his stats and his wins. And all of a sudden, the team is going to say, damn, man, you know what? We probably could get Jimmy for X, Y, or Z. And the compensation that Jimmy Garoppolo will get, even if we don't trade him at the end of this year, Let's say this whole season goes by. The compensation for signing a quarterback in free agency is likely going to warrant you a third-round pick because Jimmy Garoppolo's history, his, his, his wins and losses 
are going to get him a middle of the pack quarterback contract, probably around 15 to $20 million a year after sitting for an entire year. He'll sign somewhere. He'll get a decent contract. And all of a sudden the Niners get a third round pick and raise your hand right now. If you guys think the Niners can get a third round pick right now for Jimmy Garoppolo. Exactly. my point. They can't, but if Jimmy stays on the roster, it shows the cowardice of the front office. No, it does. Whoa. It no, it does. doesn't. It they, does. It does. Said, it's hedging your bet. Well, at least we have a really good backup just in case. If that's the way you're thinking, you're not thinking about winning football games. You're thinking about what ifs. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. How about that? I just want, hold on. I just yeah. want to take a quick second to talk about how fucking funny this comment was because it was an autocorrect. <laughs> and Troy said he wants to see him blow out at my <laughs> hole. <laughs> he meant to say the home opener. <laughs> so you guys are fucking talking and I'm just dying over no, but here. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you think you have the guy, if you think you have the guy, that's what happens with the guy, right? Like Patrick, somebody brought up Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They uh-huh. shipped Alex Smith's ass out. They didn't even think about it, right? To me, you're playing your hand that you have doubts if you keep Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room. You don't need him. And by the way, nobody's going to take Jimmy Garoppolo while Baker Mayfield is sitting out there because Baker Mayfield is younger. Baker Mayfield played through injuries and showed his toughness, and the Browns are a dumpster fire organization. So I can guarantee you that if it came to, we got 30-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo, who we know what he is, right? And, and we know, yeah, he can win you some games, but he also has an injury history. Or the Browns, who have been a laughing stock in the NFL forever, and you got 26-year-old or 27-year-old Baker Mayfield, and they're like, I don't know, we might be able to do something with him. Like Carolina did with 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 uh, uh, Sam Darnold, because you're like, oh, well, the Jets suck, dude. Like, there's something wrong. Or, or the Titans did with Ryan Tannehill. Right, because Miami is a dumpster fire of an organization. We might be able to do something with him. Nobody's going to look. Jimmy Garoppolo has been in two of the diamond franchises in the NFL. He's been with the Patriots and the 49ers. Everybody's like, fuck, if they couldn't coach him to be good, we can't do it. We're not going to be better than Belichick or the Shanahan's. What team team was Garoppolo on that he wasn't a good quarterback for? One can argue that Baker Mayfield has been just as good. Baker Mayfield took the no, fucking Browns to the playoffs, bro. You, 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 you can't make that argument. You, you can. Statistically, you can make that argument. I have said I would take Baker over Jimmy for what it's worth. I would take Baker over Jimmy. Yeah. Wait, but see, all right. See, this is – this is all right, we're about to get sidetracked here. All right, I'm ready. So all right, that's, let's do it. What you, the, the reason why you guys would take a guy like Baker Mayfield over Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason why some people say Calvin Johnson was a better wide receiver than Jerry Rice or Randy Moss was a better wide receiver than Jerry mm-hmm. Rice, okay? You guys are looking at athletic ability, period. Yes, Baker Mayfield is going to check more boxes than Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's about the mental wherewithal and, and, and being mature. The biggest what do you mean? Give me the ball more than three seconds, and he panics like a schoolgirl having to pee in the middle of gym we, class. That's what we see. What do I do? What do I do? Eh. But, yeah, that, that shit was good. Bro, the dude threw a ball backwards and was like, why'd you call that a fumble? He's a moron. Sorry to uh, – what, what, what I'm saying, that's what we see, right? And sorry I, to morons I, I everywhere. Like I said, that was our last memory of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? 
But the Browns have made it very clear that they want to move on from Baker Mayfield because of maturity issues. We've seen him throw hissy fits at the podium. We've seen him do X, Y, and Z. That has never once happened with Jimmy. I Garoppolo. don't believe the Browns when they talk about character issues when they sign a dude that's got twenty-four active lawsuits against them to a fully guaranteed <laughs> I, contract. I think it's up to twenty-six. Miss right me now. with that fucking maturity bullshit. Sorry, no offense first to you, Mike. All, first that of rings all, hollow as fuck to me, dude. First of all. Have you ever had a, mas- a massage before? A professional massage? Where is this going? Where where is where is this fun going? <laughs> Hold on, we gotta be careful where we go. Well, but when the when the latest person came out and they were like, "Yo, we gotta talk to our client about this, bro." It came out of left field, and they were like, "All right, we got we definitely have to talk about this." One. Is it illegal to get aroused while getting a massage, guys? It's I don't know. But apparently, ask. he threw his Greek yogurt on this lady. I she never was, saw that. She was close enough that it got on her face and chest. Chest. Per, per the report. Per so, the report. He threw this, his yogurt all over her. the newest her. lady? I believe so. The newest lady. Oh, so and I then the attorney was like, oh, we got to talk to our client about this. I didn't I didn't know about that one. I'm and then his attorney I'm, was like, we were talking about a hypothetical situation. If you had three. Wait, wait, wait. Well, no, no, no. But see, but that, and you'd that be like, where there's smoke, there's fire. 24, bro. The Browns didn't know the last no because before that and then was, another player was getting a massage and he commented on Instagram. I, I don't know if it was real or not. I don't want to say. Never mind. But the right. looky eyes. But, I don't think that was real. Let me take that, that point. That one back, the, but. Up until that point in the time of the Deshaun Watson acquisition, right? It was all he got aroused during my and during my massage, and he asked me to massage his butt. First of all, professional athletes get their glutes massaged regularly. Some, I've seen people doing it with rolling pins. I know masseuse. Is it masseuses? How, what's what's plural? Yeah, for masseuse. Mm. Plural for masseuse is masseuses. I believe so. That I, that feels weird. It's, but it's what, masseuse. Well, they masseuse. Are masseuse. <laughs> so but if you have multiple way, masseuses, I, so I I know I know them personally. I know that when women get the the butt injections and everything, they have to go and get the massage regularly, so they don't like turn in the cement and fall to the bottom and stuff like that. Getting your glutes massage is not something that's unreal. It's not something that's unheard of, especially for athletes. I'm not defending this kid. Okay. Now, but my point though Go is he, but he you kind of are though. He, no, 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 no. Play devil's not, advocate. No, no. Play I'm devil's actually, advocate. I'm actually defending the Browns here. I'm actually defending the Browns here because up until the point of acquisition, the only thing we heard was that he got aroused during the massages. That was the only thing we had heard. And that's not a crime. If I'm the Browns and I'm looking at that and you look at the bonehead lawyer that they all hired, like his, his profile says, my clients have this much in settlement money. That's what he hangs his hat on. That's what he hangs his hat on. So if I'm the Browns, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, well, we can win. We can win the, the division six times in the next in the next eight years. Or we can keep sticking with Baker Mayfield, who throws hissy fits. If I'm the Browns, wanna, I'm making you want to know. Thing. I know that's bullshit. Because Deshaun Watson is going to make $1 million this year. You know why they did that? Wait, whoa. You know why they, they did, did that? They did that because they knew he was getting suspended. They knew and they would not. This is a league that lets people who smash women in the face or kick them like Tyreek Hill and, and other people back into the league. They, this is not a league that's like super strong. I will just tell you this. He's going to make more than a million here. dollars. Deshaun Watson is the Amber Heard of the NFL. That's all I'm going to say. If, wow, I don't believe that motherfucker awesome. at all. He's okay. never taking a shit on someone. Also, like, really Mike, quick, he, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll respond after you. Real quick about Deshaun Watson. The $1 million is his base salary. 
if he plays, he's going to make like $45 million because it's all bonus money. So they knew that if he gets suspended, you're only going to lose this $1 million. So let's be very clear here. They are prepared to pay him big money this year. They wrote the contract that way because if the NFL suspends him, that money, the fines, only comes out of his million-dollar salary. That is it. So that's why they wrote it that way. He's getting paid this year if he plays. Make no mistake. But the Browns paying Deshaun Watson is also why Baker Mayfield hasn't been moved because nobody is going to help the Browns with that salary, Baker's guaranteed salary on his fifth year because of what they did with Deshaun Watson. So I I don't give the Browns any credit. They're dumb. Jimmy Haslam's a piece of shit. That organization is a dumpster fire. I'm giving them no credit whatsoever. I don't think that. At the time of trading, the only thing that he was accused of was being aroused. I'm He's been accused sure, of, of but touching at, people with it. At too. that time, I'm pretty sure he was Multiple accused times. of being asking these masseuses to perform acts on him, um, cornering them into rooms, forcing them to do things. And also, it is extremely, extremely predatory to request the tiny little hand towel to cover your private areas instead of the normal size. That is not normal. It's an enormous towel. towel And the pattern of behavior here, I don't even know how we got in this conversation, but the pattern of behavior is there. 26, I believe, is the total number now, right? 26 women? I I, I honestly believe we're up to 26. 26, bro. That's not normal. That's not normal. You cannot find... One woman to come out and, and claim that for me, let alone 26 of them. And can, the fact that can, there's proof that you visited all of them. You can if you're paying them. There's, oh, all right, I got to shut up. I got to shut but, up. I mean, no, I, but, I, I get what you're saying. Look, but, if you were innocent and you were, why wouldn't you find a masseuse that you liked and then keep that masseuse? Why are you travel. rotating so many? Teams travel. Well, okay, Eric Crocker. You're all in the Houston area. Eric all Crocker Houston himself area has said that the teams have their own masseuses. It's not normal that for players that go to 50, 60 different of them. It's almost like he would go pull his stunt, and then he can no longer go to that one anymore because she knows what he does. So maybe that's why also, he went to so many. I don't if know. If I'm an athlete and I'm getting the type of massage that's going to be rejuvenating for my type of muscles – I might go to a dude because he's going to be able to like get into that muscle and like really break it down. And that's not what's going on. He's going to these chicks over and over and over again, because the type of massage that he's getting, that's going to arouse you is not for athletic performance. That's for relaxation. And if you want a real massage to help loosen up some of that muscle fascia to get some of that lactic acid out to really recover, you're getting massages that are quite frankly, kind of uncomfortable because I've gotten them before. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a great point. That's a great point. Every time I go to hand and stone, I don't know if you guys have them out there. It's like a franchise of a massage thing. And what they do is they say, let us know the level of firm you want. And I say, crank it all the way up. But what they do is they lower the table so your masseuse can use her body weight. I've been in the room and I said, hey, do you guys have a guy here or a a 250 plus pound woman? Because this ain't cutting it for me. So I completely agree with what you're saying, Matt. So I'm going to let it go on that note. But you are absolutely right right there. You are absolutely right. Okay, with all that said, we got to wrap things up. It's a Sunday night. It's getting Aww. late. Um, Trey Lance is the best. <laughs> Get yeah. Jimmy out of here. How about yeah, and that? I agree. It does sound like Deshaun needed an escort. I, I'll never understand these players that make tens of millions of dollars cannot, A, find an escort, or B, just yeah, have a or, relationship with women. 
at the same time, how many times have we seen players get DUIs and shit? And it's like you're a millionaire, dude. Call Uber. Call an Uber. Yeah. Call, call a private chauffeur. Go home in a limo and keep the party going. Like, what are you doing driving? I mean, and now we got you know a first round pick who's probably going to prison because he killed a lady in Las he Vegas. Someone drunk driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that dude. Absolutely. Not. So if that's the case with something as simple as don't drive drunk, then this situation. I mean. You know, I'm not wild. It it is wild. Um, All right, guys. Any final thoughts? If there's anything I I missed Um, real quick, I did see that Frank Gore is in talks with 49ers um, front office, Jed York, to have a role in the front office. Not sure exactly how that's going to turn out, but I just wanted to shoot that in there because I think that's pretty cool. Brand brand marketing would be really good for Frank Mm -hmm. Gore. I think that that would be something that would be really good for him because he's like recognizable. He's beloved. Like you can get a lot of things going with like the marketing department and and running Frank Gore out there. I think he would be really good for that, but good for Frank Gore. I I really appreciated the fact that he thought of enough of his time here in San Francisco that he wanted to come back and be like, let me sign a one day contract and do like an official retirement like that to me. Like I respect that. The dude was always a 49ers fan. Ever since he left, he would be on Twitter, hyping up the Niners, talking about the Niners, supporting the Niners. He's a Niner for life. Um, Mike, any final things you want to add in here before we wrap things up? I, I, I actually want to ask you. I know you had a list of topics there. Were there any other ones that we didn't get to? I'm not saying I'm going to respond to anything, but were there other topics that we didn't get to that you had? There was one, and it was just a tweet that I had tweeted out Um last week that got a lot more responses than I actually thought it would. But um, which of the four Harbaugh players would you want at their prime to add to this roster? We can go over it real quick. Patrick Willis, Anquan Bolden, Justin Smith, or Vernon Davis, and why? So whoever wants to go first to answer that, feel free. Um, my heart says Patrick Willis, but after taking more time to think about it, I think that that, that Cowboy Smith would be a better addition in terms of like what the team needs. Um, Anquan Bolden came here a little later in his career and he was, he was great while he was here, but it wasn't, it wasn't really like the Arizona Anquan Bolden that really made his name. And I'm going to get some hate for this, but I think Vernon Davis is one of the most overrated players I've ever seen in my life. So when he got, when he got tuned up against Seattle, he folded and he was never the same. That's not true. He had his best season after that. I hate when people say that. He, the, the, he got that hit. He didn't have a good season, but he wasn't the same dude that stuck in there. He heard footsteps. And, and he, it was not the same dude that caught that pass against the New Orleans Saints. It was not the same dude after that. I Thinking about this roster as it currently is and who would help us get over the top more, I actually think that Vernon Davis is the answer. The Niners have shown this offseason in particular – that they need help at the tight end position. They have gone out now. They didn't draft any granite, but they've gone out and got Tyler Croft. You know, they've brought in a couple of other undrafted free agents and things like that at the position. And George Kittle can't stay healthy. If he is healthy, you got Kittle on one side and Vernon Davis on the other side. That's going to help us more than Patrick Willis because we have a really good trio of, of, of tight ends. I mean, of, of linebackers and our defensive line. If, if these guys pan out the way that we think they're going to pan out, it's one of the deepest groups on the entire team. And who was the fourth person? It was Patrick Willis. It was Justin Smith. Uh, Bolden. Vernon. Oh, and Bo- yeah, might have been going to go. Matt laid it out perfectly with Bolden. I think, I think Vernon Davis would be the guy to help this current team above the rest of them. And by the way, I love Patrick Willis. I don't have a jersey 
of any of those other guys, but Patrick Willis is the one that I do have. So make no mistakes about I it. I just think that linebacker is stacked. So you you like Willis is just like a luxury, right? I don't know, man. Ver, if you bring Vernon Davis in the game, it's like bringing Jimmy Graham into a game. You, you're 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 telling the defense we're passing because Vernon Davis is a trash pass blocker Tr- or a run blocker, excuse me, a trash run blocker. Like from PFF to my eyeballs, he is not a good run blocker. So if you're bringing him in as tight end two, you're telling the defense, dude, we're passing the ball. You go a single. You do, you do a single back set with whatever back you want. You got Vernon Davis out there. You got George Kittle out there. Yeah, run away you from have, Vernon Davis. Then <laughs> you have Brandon Ayuk out there, and you have Debo Samuel out there. Who are you double teaming? Because somebody's going to get open, and they're going to make you pay. And that's what I, I think this offense is missing. I do think that there is such a thing is it is having like too much, right? It's why a lot of super teams don't work. It's just like it's it's why the Brooklyn Nets didn't work because you got a ball dominant dude like James Harden, and then you got Kyrie who wants the ball, and then you got Kevin Durant who wants they the only ball. Played together if like- you have Vernon Davis thrown in there, you're talking about spreading too thin amongst the players, and like winners win, dude. Like Vernon Yo, Davis, that's somebody in your yard, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I, what what those lights behind you? Is that like your oh, neighbor? Yeah, that's my backyard. Is there somebody there? Yeah, somebody walked by. Oh shit, that would freak me out. You're way too calm for me. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I could make the obvious joke, but I won't. I would take Justin Smith. Give me Justin Smith. I, I Justin Smith, Nick Bosa on the same He's line. Dog, dude. He's got, ridiculous. Like Justin Smith and Nick Bosa. Oh my god, yeah. dude. The Armstead in the middle. It would be ridiculous i mean i don't even yeah that that was the last question though um if you guys have anything else please feel free to add if not i gotta plug zach i got a question okay you just answer my question right now where's my gold stamp baby all right guys you got to support the channel and you can do so by buying acre gold you can now buy gold for as little as 50 dollars a month once you reach the market price of two and a half grams acre gold will send you discreetly and privately a nice gold bar, which Matt calls a stamp because it is rather small. However, it's two and a half grams. Get your scale out. You can weigh it yourself. They are mint and they are beautiful. Mariah's got to write the gold stamp. You no longer have to fork out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, especially in this ridiculous economy. Think of it as an investment. You could take 50 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever you want out of your paycheck and put it towards gold. Gold does not depreciate like the dollar does. So you'll definitely make your money back click the link in the description support the channel start buying gold for as little as 50 dollars a month thank you to acre gold for sponsoring the red and gold center podcast and that'll do it for this episode mike i actually have one more question for you zach oh okay all right you're you're throwing me off here using the one on your head or the one next to you no it's this one i can't this just came with this headset so it's like i can't unscrew it no it doesn't i've tried that's why i just kind of okay yeah it's all good Trust me, I've tried. I've tried. It's all good. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I know it was a two-week gap. I was in Vegas, had a hell of a time, but we are so glad to be back. Mike, it's always a blast having you on, man. Let the folks know where to find you. I'm sure they're already subscribed, but if you're not, let them know. Yeah, man, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, the new Twitter handle is MikeAndrews83. No longer 49ers Mike underscore NF. But if – NFL, sorry. But if you do search that, it will still take you to my page. Uh, and if you guys don't know already, we are on YouTube as well at Nothing But Niners. Uh, that is the place to find us. Hashtag NB9ERS, 
on any platform, social media, and it'll take you right there. NB9, ERS, so says the flag behind me. That's what it is right there. All right, guys. That's going to do it. Matt, you want to take us out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry I fell asleep, guys. It's been a busy weekend for me. I was glad that I could make it in. Um, I'm glad that all of you made it in. So thank you as always. Uh, we appreciate you being here. That being said, until next time, go to the Thank you.